and you shall know the truth, and the truth shall make you free. Every day we stand in an epic spiritual battle between good and evil, and safety is of the Lord. This is Truth Dealer Radio. Warning believers to wake up and be sober. Encouraging believers to stand on the word of God. And motivating believers to be truth dealers with a bold witness for Jesus Christ in these end times. And now the host of Truth Dealer Radio, Brian Moonen. It's Truth O'Clock. Praise God. Welcome back to Truth Dealer Radio, where no matter what time zone you're in, it's Truth O'Clock. I'm Brian Moonen. And I'm sounding the alarm asking you to wake up and join the battle for truth. Truth is God's word. God's word is more powerful than any two-edged sword. Amen. Today we have on Scott Shara, and his daughter was murdered by St. Elizabeth's Healthcare, Ascension Healthcare, St. Elizabeth's Hospital during the pandemic. Welcome, Scott. Well, Brian, thanks for having me. It's nice to finally connect. Yeah, it's great to have you on the show. I would really like you to take uh, the time you need to explain the details surrounding your beautiful daughter's uh, death and how that led you to accepting the truth that we do live in a uh, medical murder kind of tyranny, almost like a, I, I describe it as a, uh, if you've seen those flow charts with the Venn diagrams where we're in the middle and it's all 1984 and any terrible thing you can think of converging, we'll get to that later too. But explain the story of your daughter and unfortunately how we got to this point. Well, you're right. There is a convergence, which you know we'll tie it all together at the end. But just uh, it's it's quite a sad story. Grace was 19 years old. Uh, when she was murdered. Her last day on earth was October 13th of 2021. Grace uh, had Down syndrome, and I have come to believe that that is one of the many reasons that she's no longer here, is the agenda against the disabled. But it's way bigger than the disabled. And what happened to Grace is, you know, this is maybe the most important piece, Brian, is when Satan uses fear, and so the fear of this, at the time when we took Grace to the hospital, we actually thought it was a pandemic. I was not awake to what's going on. Now I realize it is a pandemic, and way bigger than that, it's a scamdemic. And you know, but the fear got to to us such that we were monitoring Grace's oxygen saturation and that number dropped to 88% the morning of October 6th. And that set off an alarm inside of us based on the fear of the, the um, propaganda porn. And ultimately we took Grace to the hospital and that's the largest take home message that I could ever share with somebody is that God did not give us a spirit of fear. And when that happens, we need to turn the other way. And I didn't turn the other way. And my daughter is not here because of that. Ultimately, you know, that sin of mine is different than the sin of the hospital. So I don't want to confuse people, but the, the sin of the hospitals started right away. And 
by telling me I couldn't be in the room with Grace. I mean, I ultimately was in the room with Grace from October 6th until the 10th. I was taken out by an armed guard on the 10th. That's a different rabbit trail. But I mean, it, it just shows now that I see everything in the rearview mirror, you see, oh my gosh, this was, this was all set up. Um, what they did to Grace is they euthanized her. So we presume Grace had COVID. I mean, I don't even know that anymore based on everything that I've learned um, because COVID was an entire PSYOP. But regardless, we presume that she had COVID. I mean, what we think now is that she she had a bad cold. What they did to her was they started sedating her because they wanted to get us to pre-authorize a ventilator at the doctor's discretion. We never did that even though they pressured us to do that five different times. And, you know, as I become a researcher, I realized why they gave us, you know, that the, why they attempted to pressure us is because of the money involved. And, you know, the money is the, the grease that they're using to accomplish an agenda. So a ventilator has about a $300,000 payday to the hospital. A ventilator has a 90% kill rate. So you can see, you know, if there's an agenda, which there is, to depopulate the the country and the world, well, they can facilitate that agenda through money. And you know, a much bigger picture, which we're going to tie together, is they have facilitated it through an attitude. And it's a spirit of collectivism that they have integrated into the entire medical industrial complex. And that spirit, unfortunately, is alive and well in the doctors and nurses who don't even think what they're doing is murder. So as we, so now they're sedated grace. We, we see the records now because we have the first of its kind lawsuit in the country. And we see that they started sedating her on October 9th. So you turn the page to her last day, October 13th. Now she's already on the sedation med for four days. That med is only supposed to be used for 24 hours or it causes acute respiratory failure. Grace is death certificate lists the first cause of death as acute respiratory failure. So it's cause and effect for using a drug that they're not supposed to use like that. But they do that because they, first, they don't want to take care of you, so they sedate you, but that med is used to set up the ventilator. So they really thought they're going to eventually convince my wife, Cindy, and I to put Grace on a ventilator. At this point, we're ho I'm home because I was taken out by an armed guard. My daughter, Jessica, was in the room with Grace, the doctor called us the morning of the 13th saying, Grace had such a good day yesterday. We should work on nutrition and let's get her out of bed um, so she can get home in the next three, four days. And it was a complete lie. Uh, and that was after he had asked us for the fifth time for the pre-authorization for a ventilator. So plan B started to be in motion. You know, now that we see what happened, he had already strapped Grace down to the bed and made her defecate in the bed and after that is when he's telling us we should get her out of bed. Well, why didn't you get her out of bed when she wants to go to the bathroom? Um, you know, it's ridiculous. While we're on the phone with him, he increased the Presidex, the sedation med, to the maximum allowable dose. Simultaneous with hanging up the phone, he put an illegal do not resuscitate order on Grace. So that facilitated plan B. So plan B then was to euthanize her. And they used a combination of Presidex, lorazepam, and morphine which those of you are not familiar with that combination, that's what they give hospice patients in their last hour of life. And they did that to Grace in a 29-minute window. When it came time to revive Grace, because now she's, she's you know, all of her numbers are dropping. 
they refused. They would not even come in the room to revive her. And they instead told us from outside the room, we're hollering because my daughter Jessica had called Cindy and I panicking. And so we're all hollering to save our daughter. And they hollered back from outside the room, Brian, he's DNR. So then they use that as the excuse to not revive her. And we watch Grace die on a FaceTime call at 727 on October 13th of 2021. So that's that's about as short as I can tighten up the story. You know, there's a whole number of rabbit trails, but they really don't matter because ultimately what happened next is at this point, I thought that this was an accident. So I I did what you're supposed to do uh, biblically, which is I took the records that we had. So about three weeks after Grace died, I had the records. I reviewed them with a the doctor. We organized them and I sent a request on November 8th. So Grace died October 13th, November 8th. I sent an email with the research uh, to the patient relations department at the hospital requesting a meeting with the doctor and the CEO, thinking that they would want to see this so that history doesn't repeat itself, right? And on December 2nd, they sent an email back. So three weeks later said, we're not gonna meet with you. So that was the first day. It's like, I'm getting, what is going on? Why wouldn't they just want to meet? That doesn't make any sense. Uh, I sent a request, then a complaint, not a request. I sent a complaint to the Department of Safety and Professional Services. That's the state licensing board in Wisconsin. And on January 20th, they sent a letter that said, we um, we did an investigation and the doctor didn't do anything wrong. So I thought, oh my God, that's the first day I would say I started waking up. By April, I realized Grace was murdered. And that's when my research really ramped up and I started to see uh, genocide. I met a Holocaust survivor, her and I, Vera Sherov is her name. We did a number of interviews together. And she showed me the parallel between the World War II Holocaust and the worldwide Holocaust today. And that led to me really digging in and realizing that this agenda of medical murder, and so I, I wrote a series on this and, and published it. It's not just in writing. I did a whole uh, seven-part rumble series that's called Medical Murders, the Number One Cause of Death in the United States by Design. But ultimately, that research got back to the early 1900s. And in the early 1900s, the United States started the current eugenics movement. And Adolf Hitler adopted that movement. Um, of course, we do what we always do as a country. We shake our finger at everybody else while we're committing the greater sin. And so we shook our finger at Adolf Hitler and yet, while we're shaking our finger, we bring the top 1,600 eugenicists from Germany to the United States through Operation Paperclip. And then the eugenics movement is now on fire. Well, how they were able to implement it, Brian, is they created this, uh, you know, Hannah Arendt, who's a, a um, researcher, in, uh, from World War II, when she studied the Adolf Eichmann trial, she coined the phrase banality of evil. They create this culture of evil, and you know it's a culture of death. And I mentioned earlier about the spirit of collectivism. So collectivism basically says we need to do things for the good of the population versus the good of the individual. 
And so you think about this, you think, well, is that really true in the United States of America? And I can give you two very specific examples just to prove it. But from a macro level, Brian, we have 135 million Americans on Medicare and Medicaid. Medicare and Medicaid are for the elderly and the disabled, right? So those are the population groups that they have convinced shouldn't be here because they're non-contributing members of society. Those are, that's not my words. Those are Ezekiel Emanuel's words, and he was the chief architect of Obamacare. So Obamacare became the legal document to implement this medical murder agenda. And it's been implemented for way before Obamacare, but that became the legal instrument the Satanists have used to implement this agenda that I'm talking about. Anyway, yes. um, as the banality of evil, yeah, I know I'm long-winded right now, but I just want to get this banality of evil out, and then you can go with your questions. So what's going on with this banality of evil, I'm going to give you two pointed examples to show how this is has taken hold in society. And I don't have my charts in front of me, but when I did the research on this, I saw that in 1960, there were virtually no um, nursing homes. And now when mom, if mom just misses the mail for a day, what do the kids do? You know, they check her into a assisted living facility or a nursing home or something, right? They just don't want to take care of, you know, take care of parents. In the, in the 60s, we still took care of our parents. So what happens is once, you know, out of sight, out of mind, these parents are now the non-contributing members of society. And so they're easy prey for taking them out. All right. So then what about the disabled? Well, a young couple gets pregnant today. And what happens? A, the medical insurance industry has um, approved certain protocols. And so if you have good insurance, what happens is it, it checks you out of critical thinking. So good insurance pays for what? They go to the doctor's office, he congratulates them, and he says, let's schedule your amniocentesis. And of course, the young couple has no roots because God has been taken out of everything. And so they, oh yeah, does my insurance pay for it? Well, of course. And so then they schedule their amniocentesis and then it comes back and it says, um, we suspect your son is has Down syndrome. I think you should abort him. And, you know, convince, you know, because they're all convinced that a Down syndrome person is a non-contributing member of society. And Down syndrome as a population group in the United States has been eliminated. 90% of Down syndrome children are murdered in the womb right now. So that's, that's the banality of evil. So that's why I'm saying this culture of death, COVID, what COVID did to anybody who has a heart for God is it woke them up. It woke me up. And now I'm out from the rooftop spreading this message as much as I can. And it's more than just the, the physical message. You know, we're going to talk about the convergence and the spiritual message, you know, as we get going, but that's my open pretty long open, huh, Brian? No, I don't expect you to shorten the story of grace's um, sacrifice and um, I'm sorry for your loss. It's very you, infuriating. And, um, you know, it's a very um, hard to hear that as a father. And they, they tried that with my daughter, by the way, in the womb. They called us one day 
the nurse was eating her lunch and she told my wife who was expecting our daughter over the phone that she tested positive for Downs and what did we want to do about it? So first of all, it was a lie because there is no test for that. Correct. But they were really letting her know is that she was in a wide age group. My wife yes. was over a certain age within a 20-year window. Yep. We we were crying. We were upset. We were like, what are they talking about? We Because we, we refused the other test because... We were being drawn by God at that time, but we we did believe that God was real and everything. We were not yet born again, she nor I. But we knew that why would we take that test? Because what are, we're not going to abort our baby. We'll take the baby however we, the baby is. And so I experienced that firsthand where they tried to manipulate us. It was we at the time thought, what is this all about? Sadly, yeah. now we know what it's about, but. Hearing your recitation and your breakdown of how everything got to here, I'm glad you mentioned that it started before World War II, because I know that Margaret Sanger, the, the founder, the evil, satanic founder of Planned Parenthood, used to write letters back and forth with, with Hitler. And he got a lot of his ideas from her. And they were great pen pals. And he's the one who, and that was long before the war. And... uh Thinking that we won that war is a whole nother. Yeah. But that all started maybe even before Rockefellers, but we will we won't have to be able to get into that whole thing. But it was, yeah, it was more like the early 1900s, I think, when it really changed from before, where if you had a really, really bad problem, the doctor would come to you. But we're in a different, brave new world now, so to speak. But anyway, I just wanted to say that when I was reviewing some Bible verses, and I was thinking about the whole thing. It's so, most people what we talk to, their first reaction to anything like this is, why, why would they do that? No, they wouldn't do that. They're totally blind to even the, even the concept. And it got me thinking of, because it, it's a spiritual darkness that is the root of it. it, it this is a satanic worldwide it's not even a conspiracy, really. I mean, it is a conspiracy on their part, those people that are making the protocols. But your average nurse, your average orderly, your average doctor even, they're just doing what they were trained to do in school. They don't right. even know any of this stuff. And they can see it happen in front of their face a thousand times and not know what it is because they're spiritually blind. And then Jesus even told people... um, in John 3, 12, he said, if I have told you earthly things and you believe not, how shall you believe if I tell you of heavenly things? These people are, are they're blind on a spiritual level, so they won't even accept the first few bits of the truth of the things that are going ar around them most right. of the time, unless they're being drawn by God and their eyes are being opened to the truth, um, I believe, because it, this is a thick darkness right now in the world. And, but this, the root is satanic. Jesus also said in John 8, 44 through 45, ye are of your father, the devil, and the lusts of your father, ye will do. He was a murderer from the beginning and abode not in the truth because there is no truth in him. 
When he speaketh a lie, he speaketh of his own, for he is a liar and the father of it. And because I tell you the truth, you believe me not. So you see, murder, lies, these things are always together. It's a spiritual darkness over this plan, let's say. And um, the, the, the natural Jesus. man receiveth not the things of the Spirit of God, for they are foolishness unto him, neither can he know them, because they are spiritually discerned. So obviously that's talking about the bigger picture with salvation and everything else, but the gospel, anything that's between the truth and the lies, the lies are coming from one place. And the evil one has his plan, and his plan has been put into action now, the foot is on the hoof is on the accelerator, so to speak, if you want to use the, the imagery. And so that's the first bridge to cross is to try to get people to even acknowledge the fact that this is in their own writings. This is what they said they were going to do. The United Nations has documents where they talk about using vaccines to poison and sterilize and reduce the population and people still don't want to hear it and that's why it's important that uh your story gets out because it's a clear-cut example of your daughter whether she had covid or not it, that is even a moot point because she was not given the real treatment at the beginning correct she didn't no, need presidax and midazolam or whatever their little death correct. cocktail from satan is that they, that isn't what she needed to get better. She needed probably some oxygen and a lot of other things now that we know we can look back. They knew it at the time, Brian. Sure. I went into a different hospital three days after Grace died, and I just about died on October 16th. But that hospital was 180 degrees different than what happened with Grace. And they turned me around in 24 hours. So, you know, it was known. It wasn't like it was unknown. It just, it's it's part of, you know, people are programmed. And, you know, part of the programming you indirectly referenced when you were walking through the scripture references, you know, big picture, Jesus said, Satan is the prince of this world. So as the prince of this world, his, he can only lie. And even though he weaves truth into lies. I mean, the, the same trick that he used in the garden is happening today. And I want to talk through that, but you know, the, the specific lie that I'm referencing when I say that is that we are inherently good. So that is the lie. One of the big lies, there's a lot of big lies that, that Satan has spread, but that we are inherently good is a big lie. Humanism. Because then we, you know, this evil that you and I are talking about, all oh, that can't happen. Nobody would be that evil. Yeah, they be because they believe that lie. You know the the um I the warning that I am trying to sound is really to Christian people, and you know the unbelievers. Of course, I want to wake up to salvation, but what's going on in the Christian community? is uh, a blindness that's also quite interesting. And early on, when I started sharing Grace's story, the warning that I received was, don't use Grace's story to expose evil, because it plays into Satan's playbook. 
So what, it, what, what does that mean exactly? What does it mean that it plays into Satan's playbook? Well, Satan has to have evil exposed. And so if we're just, so the whole red pill movement, think about the red pill movement. That's all about exposing evil, right? So we have this whole, um, the people who are awake. So if you think about, we have three classes of people in this analogy I'm giving. You have the zombies, right? That just everything the government tells them they do. Then you have the people who are awake, but then you have the people who are spiritually awake. I think most of the Christians fall into the people who are awake and they're, they fall in trap to the red pill movement, which is the same thing Satan did at the beginning is a pursuit of knowledge. And, you know, God is not against knowledge. He says, my people perish for lack of knowledge, Hosea 4, 6, but he's after knowledge being an idol. And so not he's, he's against knowledge being an idol. And so when you start on you, your whole life is now chasing these red pills um, what's going on is the red pill movement basically believes that if we can wake everybody up through red pills, then society will resist and we'll have, and they even have a name for it. They call it the great awakening. That's a yeah. complete lie. The That's great not our goal. The great awakening is a false prophet. And Amen. It's, a, it's a complete lie. And that is the message that I am here to share um, because it is the most important message. I, it, it is it is so deceptive what is going on. Think through what happens if everybody was awake. I I, I shared this question um, last Sunday. We get together as a family, and I shared it with our family and just said, if the red pill movement is successful and every single person in the United States is woken up in a day, so all the truth is exposed regarding all this evil in a day, what would happen? And my daughter, my daughter Jessica, answered the question correctly. She said there would be mass chaos. I said that's exactly right. The red pill movement is trying to convince people that we would have a resistance. No, it's not going to be resistance. It's mass chaos. And then what does mass chaos produce? It's the same. God warns us. First Thessalonians five three. It produces this desire for safety and security. So hmm. then we have the. The anti-establishment movement is, you know, they're still promoting Trump. I mean, how foolish, you know, it's just, it's just this lie upon lie because that's what we want. We want a man to save us instead of God. So anyway, I had to get that off my chest. Well, it's true. And this is truth dealer radio video version, but it's true. And we're not promoting this great awakening and everything. And I agree with you, what you said, the Bible the reason why I agree is because the Bible doesn't say that's what's going to happen. The Bible says perilous times shall come, that men, evil men and seducers shall wax worse and worse. That's even within the church. Right. And one of the reasons people are going to discourage you from telling the truth, because it, there's a there's different ways to look into the truth and expose the agenda. My people are destroyed for a lack of knowledge. I know you, 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 know, you, you can say I'm taking that out of its context, but it's a basic principle. It's a true principle that you can apply to a lot of things. And if a Christian is walking around and he's not sober and he's not being vigilant, you will fall into the traps. So it's okay to warn and say, hey, this is what's happening. We need to be aware. We need to stand. We need to resist. So what I was going to say is that the Bible says that in the, in the days, as in the days of Noah and also Lot, 
is right. so how it's going to be in the end. We're there yeah. with the evil. Okay. If we are there, we don't want to know all the evil that's going on. Okay. Believe me, it's too evil and we shouldn't be speaking of those things. We know just enough. Sufficient is the day for the evil thereof. We know just enough how evil they are. And on a basic level, we have um, this plan that's described in the book of Revelation is is coming kind of to, I call it kind of like the capstone. They're, they're all kind of converging. The WEF, their little goals, Agenda 21, 2030, and the WHO removing... Uh, respect for dignity, human rights, and fundamental freedoms of people. That's the words they're going to remove out of their international health law. So you want to talk about having a legal so-called, now they've got carte blanche. So if yeah. they do all that, and you know, in a, in a state like this in New York, she's trying to add regulations to the health rules, basically. It's not legislation to say that they basically can round up people who are not sick, put them anywhere they want, <clears throat> FEMA camps. <clears throat> Excuse me. <clears throat> yeah, where's that headed? And well, I, I agree. So this is why we want everybody to see that, and, and don't ask me what we're supposed to do about it other than preach the gospel, because hearts are evil. That's what I'm going to get to with the notes. We we are getting short on time, but... um. As I said, in Genesis, it's described that evil was on, on their mind all continually. But Noah found grace in the eyes of the Lord. And yep. grace is a beautiful word. Amen. You named your daughter. Yes, it is. Yeah, we named grace after name. God's grace. <laughs> and praise God for that. Now, that didn't mean that Noah had no sin. Correct. We all have sinned and fallen short of the glory of God. Only Jesus Christ never sinned. Jesus Christ was born of a virgin. He lived a sinless life. He's God manifest in the flesh, the word made flesh. He had no beginning. He has no ending. He came, he's the Messiah. Okay. He died on the cross and he died for our sins in our place, took the punishment that we all deserve. Noah, Abraham, anybody who ever lived has to have looked forward or backward to the cross of Jesus Christ and his payment for our sins. He was buried and he rose again on the third day, praise God. And he's alive and soon is when he's coming back. And there's so many signs that point to that. But the level of evil that is, you know, that is being brought about by these Satanists and Kabbalists and all these other groups is going to increase. It's not going to lead to a big utopia. That's what the New Age movement lies. That's right on. That's what the right. Antichrist promise is going to be when he gets revealed and everything. So don't fall for that. Even though it sounds like bad news, it's good news because Jesus Christ is going to come back. He's going to split the sky open from the east to the west, and he's going to put an end and stop the people that are doing all this. If you're his child, we have nothing to fear. The worst thing they can do is send us to glory. That's and exactly so, right. That's praise the, the Lord. <laughs> and I believe that's where grace is. And, you know, we'll see anybody else who's been born again and who's there is 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 free from all this mess we're in right now. And I praise God for that. And I just wanted to say that, um, get the gospel in there, because that is the true message that we need to, to tell. It's, Seeing all the evil that's out there is is okay to be warned of it, 
People who are not saved need to look in the mirror and realize you need Jesus Christ. You, I'm not as bad as Hitler. I'm not as bad as Obama. That is not the point. We've all broken God's laws and everyone needs Jesus. So you can blame everybody else, but your soul is going, you are going to face God when you pass away. And I'm talking to all the audience and, and everyone. Okay. You, you aren't going to go and see God and say, I exposed Bill Gates. Okay. It's right on. So it sounds silly, but you do need to step back and zoom out and people need to really consider their soul in the big picture. And it's okay if you, you know, you eat organic and you know about this and everything else. Well, that's fine, but you could still die before the day is over. You don't know when your point of time is. So people really need to take account for their souls and wake up. And how, anything else that you would like to tie together, brother? Well, with what you just said, I want to, I think it's the most important thing. And if there's a chance that there are unbelievers uh, listening, I think what you shared, I always like to share the gospel message. And I, I want to um, piggyback on what you just said. And so how do we know Christianity is right? There's all kinds of faiths in the world, but how can you prove beyond a shadow of a doubt Christianity is right? You can prove beyond a shadow of a doubt because Christianity is the only faith that deals with the cause of sin, the cause of sin, which is our selfishness, our pride. It's the only one that deals with our selfishness, our pride. Every other faith in the entire world prays EY on our pride, including humanism. Because there's every everybody believes in something. So anything you believe in other than Christianity preys on your selfishness. And I can prove it with a simple example. And this is how we are programmed. We're programmed to look at somebody's works. So if you just read an article that a man gave a million dollars away to charity, you read that and you think, you're programmed, wow, that's a good man. Well, that's not true. You're focused on the wrong thing. You're focused on the action. God only cares about the heart. The God of the Bible only cares about the heart. Christianity is only about the heart. So from God's perspective, that man, if he gave that away to promote himself, to make his business look good, to feel good about himself, that's a sin. So you think giving a million dollars away to charity could be a sin? Yes, it's a sin because God judges the sin based on why you did it, not what you did, but why you did it. And Christianity is the only faith in the entire world, bar none, that deals with the why. And it crushes our pride. Our human pride is the cause of all sin. So anyway, I just wanted to piggyback on what you said, and that was on my heart. Amen. And Jesus said, for out of the heart proceed evil thoughts, murders, adulteries, fornications, thefts, false witness, blasphemies. All the sin does come from our our heart is deceitfully wicked. The, The heart is deceitful above all things and desperately wicked. Who can know it? Jeremiah 17, 9. God can know it. Jesus could read people's minds when he was on earth. He could look at the Pharisees and say... Why did you think that and blow their mind and make them? He knew what they were thinking and saying inwardly, and he still does. So 
And that's why I tell people a lot too, you know, God already knows what you've done. He already knows what you're thinking. He already knows what your past is and what your future. Give your life to him, turn your heart to him for the, it's the only way to have peace because Jesus is the only one who can forgive your sins. Because as I said, he was the perfect sacrifice uh, sent by God, the father to fulfill that mission. And, um, that's the hope that we have in the midst of all this terrible evil. But I just wanted to thank you for coming on. And as far as all these other plans, maybe we can have you on again um, for another short to medium episode and talk about more some of the details with these plans that are coming up. But we are running out of time. Thank you so much for coming on, brother. Well, thanks for having me, Brian. What is your web, about, what's your website? Ouramazinggrace.net. Thank you. Please visit and take uh, subscribe to Scott's Rumble channel as well. Thank you all. God bless you. Thank you for tuning in. Tune in again next time. God bless you. Truth Dealer Radio. No matter what time zone you're in, it's Truth O'Clock. TruthDealerRadio.com. You keep talking about Jesus. Some folks out there just might be listening. Truth Dealer Radio is listener supported. If you are led to support this ministry, there is a way to do that at truthdealer-radio.com. Did you know that Big Apple Music has been in business for over 40 years? They have a great selection of guitars, amps, drums, keyboards, digital pianos, and much more. Did you also know that they offer music lessons right here locally, and they rent instruments? Their experienced staff can also repair instruments and sound systems. Located on Seneca Turnpike in New Hartford, open Monday through Friday, 9 to 9, and Saturday, 9 to 6. That's Big Apple Music, Seneca Turnpike in New Hartford. The time is short and the Lord commands us to go into all the world and preach the gospel. KJV Prepper Christian Apparel brings the eternal living light of truth into this fallen world of sin. All designs are original and all apparel is printed in beautiful upstate New York. Join in the battle for truth. Visit KJVPrepper.com for Christian apparel worn to worn.